Welcome to Creating Synergy, where we explore what it takes to transform. We are powered by Synergy IQ. Our mission is to help leaders create world-class businesses where people are safe, valued, inspired, and fulfilled. We can only do this with our amazing community. So thank you for listening. Hey there, Synergizers, and welcome back to another episode of the Creating Synergy podcast. My name is Daniel Franco, and today we have the inspirational Rebecca Pickering on the show. Rebecca holds the position of the CEO of the Civil Contractors Federation South Australia and is an executive director of the Civil Apprenticeships and Careers Limited. Rebecca has worked in the civil, commercial building and construction industry for over 22 years, project managing in various roles before she fulfilled her entrepreneurship streak by starting her own consultancy firm and operating it for 10 plus years. Some of the early projects that Rebecca played an integral part in were the Olympic Dam expansion project, the Southern Expressway project when it was one way, and the Memorial Drive Tennis Centre, all of which fostered her love for the infrastructure industry. Rebecca is a single mother of Shelby A in Harrison 10 and Buster, her dog, and in a day was an ultra marathon runner where she could run 100 kilometres in 19 hours. She loves to jump out of planes and climb rock faces too. She was a latchkey kid who grew up in an ex-housing trust home in Christie's Downs and her continued work with apprenticeships and building trade pathways supports her love of talking to young people, parents, community and schools about the amazing career and life-changing opportunities construction can provide. Her life, her family and her career are a testament to it. In this episode, we deep dive into Rebecca's life from her childhood where she faced some really confronting challenges to living a life battling an autoimmune disease, to starting her own business, to having only 10 days off after giving birth to her children, and then becoming the CEO of the Civil Contractors Federation in South Australia. This episode is a really impactful one with a very important dialogue. Rebecca's message on how she faced and overcame many adversities in her life is an inspiration to us all and a must listen. If you like the episode, which I'm sure you will, be sure to hit subscribe button and check us out at synergyiq.com.au and synergyiq on all the social media outlets. Welcome back to the Creating Synergy podcast. My name is Daniel Franco, your host. And today we have the lovely CEO of the Civil Contractors (laughs) Federation Australia, CCFSA, (laughs) uh, Rebecca Pickering. Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Daniel, for having me. So I heard about you, well, I heard specifically about a talk that you did at the NECA Women's International Women's Day. And I heard, I had a friend call me after, the, after that, um, after your keynote that you did there. And she said, Dan, if there's one person that you need to get onto the podcast, wow. it's Rebecca. So uh, Thank you. That's amazing. Apparently the room... <laughs> was in a standstill when you were speaking and you had a pretty powerful story and a pretty um, amazing journey to share. Mm-hmm. Are you uh, open to uh, talking about how you became to, to where you are today? The Definitely, I would love to. Um, whatever I can do to, to share the story for everyone's benefit, I um, would love to. Beautiful. So we'll start growing up. Yes, yep. That's where it, where it all sort of began. Are, yes. you, um, are you able to sort of dive into yeah, your course. journey to, to that? 
ask? Yeah, so I um, grew up in a, the um, housing trust suburb of uh, Christie Downs in an old um, housing trust home. So my parents had bought that home um, from state government. So although it wasn't a housing trust home, it was smack bang in the middle of estates or, or those um, those areas that were housing trust houses. Not the ideal suburb to grow up in. Uh, obviously, lots of uh, youth that weren't actively engaged in the community. Uh, quite a difficult place to, to be. Um, both mum and dad worked full time. Um, I went to a local school, Stanback Primary at Morpher Vale, it was a state school, uh, and then later went to um, Cardine College um, through my high school. Um, so, yeah, a very interesting uh, suburb. And I grew up uh, across the way from a, a train line of all things, so good old Christy Dan's um, train station. Train station. Yeah. Yeah, yeah lots of... a, I actually grew up, I grew up at Grange, it was a different area altogether, <laughs> but there was a train station running yes. right through. there you go. You could always hear it. Yes, it was, uh, and it's strange that it helps you get to sleep sometimes. I know, so, yes. it almost became, I had I remember I had friends sleep over once and they could hear these train yes. sirens going off in the background, they're like, doesn't that keep you up all night? I like, yes, no, I actually <laughs> wait for it. Yeah, interesting. Well, yes. So you had a bit of a, a challenging youth, uh-huh. uh, mm-hmm. you had a... Autoimmune disease such yep. as Graves' disease. That's right, yeah. yes. Can you explain that sort of? So well? Graves' disease is an autoimmune disease, like you point out, and it's to do with your thyroid function. So as a kid, um, quite young, uh, I was diagnosed, uh, what year would I have been in, about year three, um, and I had a large goiter, so a large um, lump in my neck. Mm. So it really did stand out quite significantly, which made primary school quite hard. Um, so went into the doctors to see what this lump in my neck was and uh, got the diagnosis that it was um, an overactive thyroid. So it means that your body is just in hyperdrive all the time. Yeah, okay. So I think at a resting heart rate, my, my heart rate was about 120 beats a minute. It meant I couldn't sit still. I didn't need much sleep. I was just always on the go, um, which made it interesting for my parents, I guess. Yeah. Uh, for me, I knew no different. I didn't feel sick. I didn't. I didn't feel that it was anything um, odd. I just. I just didn't know any different. So you have. I have seen a picture of you when you yes. were younger, and there was a quite. Yeah, it's quite, quite obvious. Yeah, and it, and it yeah. just got bigger and bigger and bigger. So what? What is? What was all that? What, what was happening there? So basically, the the thyroid just it gets engorged on itself. It just gets you know, byproduct of the wow. overactivity. It just yeah. gets really large, and yeah, it just keeps growing basically. Okay, so mm. is that? potentially fatal yeah it is so yeah you can't manage your life like that you do have a shorter life expectancy um obviously if you're in hyperdrive all the time your body just can't keep up so it's not a healthy uh thing you you need to manage it. it 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 couldn't have been left just alone it had to be managed yes so uh had the operation and yeah, so you go on suppressant. So I had to go on thyroid suppressing medication for years until I hit puberty, um, which was around about um, twelve years of age. So um, and then they decided it was either radiotherapy to try and reduce it and to get it to, to be less um, uh, productive, uh, or take it out. Uh, given the size of it and um, my condition, um, they decided that uh, that actually remove it um, in okay. its entirety. Um, Turned out not to be the best choice. Okay. Um, yeah. Was there a fair amount of so- side effects there? Yeah. Came? So it's a long surgery. It's like an eight, nine hour surgery to get it removed because yep. of the, the where it's located in your neck. Um, so yeah, it's quite a, a hard surgery on your body. Um, and yeah, basically uh, I crashed quite significantly afterwards. So um, body really struggled to come through it. So I was in intensive care for, for three months um, through that recovery process over Christmas, mind you. So I had Christmas in hospital, which yeah. is fun. Um, and yeah, your body really struggles. So for me, I guess one of the things that I recall was um, uh, you lose calcium out of your blood, which makes your body cramp. So your hands go really um, quite stiff. You, your face spasms. It's um, and your body shuts down basically because it can't process without calcium in your blood. Um, so yeah, quite a scary thing. But 
again, I really knew no different. I, I didn't feel sick. It's just something that you get through. I didn't don't recall feeling fear or scared at the time. What um, was the recovery like? How long until you were a little kid again? Oh, so I lost my voice for oh, about wow. yeah. So I lost my voice. I didn't get it back till you know that four or five month mark. Oh wow! Yeah, because they they're so close to your vocal cords. Um, so you sort of you know you're huskily talking, um, writing things down. So it was uh, a quite a uh, interesting time when you you can't speak as a twelve year old. Yeah. Uh, or twelve going on thirteen. So uh, not easy. And plus starting high school as well. So, again, you walk around this big scar on your neck. It looks like someone's, you know, chopped you or that you've tried to do something to yourself, which wasn't that at all. Um, so, yeah, just made it interesting conversation, I guess. <laughs> yes. So as part of that, uh, your, your childhood and, yeah. and growing up, you've gone through that ordeal and you, as you mentioned in your speech, mm -hmm, your mm -hmm. keynote, you were yeah. also a victim of child grooming. Yeah. So again, unfortunately, a byproduct of growing up in a suburb that you know wasn't wasn't the greatest suburb. My older brother, um, unfortunately, did start connecting um, at a quite a young age with local youth that weren't making the best life choices. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of activation with crime. He was always in trouble with police. And unfortunately um, for me at that time, I'd started catching the bus home from, you know, about year year six, um, year five, year six. Um, so I was often home by myself with my brother at times, um, you know, up until, you know, six o'clock at night, uh, most days after school. So a latchkey kid hanging out with much older people. Uh, and unfortunately, one of the, the people that was in his crowd um, took it to, to, I guess, groom me for um, sex when I was quite young. Um, I thought at the time that I was old enough to make those decisions for myself. Um, it wasn't until I was in my 30s and 40s that I, and having my own children that I, I came to that realisation that that shame I felt for all those years of making such a poor decision wasn't actually mine to make. No, no. it wasn't. <laughs> um, it's, uh, and yeah, such a, an ordeal that you went through. What, um, what, how old were you when all that? So I was 12, so just so, before my so, thyroid operation, so just the same year, so just before I had it removed. Okay, so, so this, and easy. this person was obviously over 18. Yes, and yep, so, old enough to know better. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it def yeah, this is a, it's a, it's a tough story yeah. to sort of listen to, I yeah. think. And I guess just to, to hedge that conversation, I, I consented, I, and again, People argue that all that statutory rape, a child can't make those determinations. Sure. But in my mind, for me, um, I had made that decision and I thought I had every right to, to make that for myself. Yes. It's just unfortunate. I was in an environment where I was making those decisions and, I, and it perhaps shouldn't have happened. Um, but again, like I said, I, I lived with that responsibility and, and accountability for myself of making that decision for, for decades. So I'm a father of two daughters yes. who are roughly the almost mm -hmm. the same age as you were yes. back back then <laughs> mm -hmm. when i heard when you and i first spoke yes. about this it really opened a door for me in a way of thinking that i had never it yes. to be honest it never really crossed my mind mm. that something like this yeah. could occur like i understand that it can occur but it wasn't it wasn't at front and center of my mind yes. right so Looking back now and learning from those experiences mm -hmm, that you mm -hmm. went through and, um, you know, and, and having two young children of your own as yes. well, is there something that you could advise us from a parent's perspective of what to look out for or is there yeah. a learning from all this that you could share with us? I think um, just making sure that obviously there is appropriate supervision for the age that your, your children are are at home, uh, particularly where there are older siblings or exposure to, to 
people beyond your immediate family or your immediate family because, again, there are not that I had that issue but, you know, we all hear of those circumstances where it does involve a family member as well. So I think it really is and for my children um, I always advise them to obviously always have that element of trust. So mm. so I feel and I set that environment up where they can tell me anything. Um, nothing's ever bad enough that they can't talk to me about it. Um, making sure that they do listen to their own that themselves uh, and, and are aware of the decisions they can make and can't make at their age. Um, I'm lucky that my children are quite, um, uh, I guess, autonomous and, and, and independent to, mm. to the degree they can be at the ages they are and one are um, going on 11 and 9 um, so you know they, they can do their washing they can help with the dishes they can do some cooking but again all within supervision um, and guidance um, I know for myself I wouldn't leave my children alone in an environment like that until yeah they're, they're much much older um, where they can make good informed decisions yeah um, so yeah I guess basically as a parent yeah, watch the environment in which your children are in. Uh, make sure you've got a great trusting relationship where your children think that and, and believe they can talk to you about anything. Um, that's probably the most important thing, I think. How do you – it's a constant struggle to navigate that world where yes. especially, you know, young teens mm, mm, do want to speak Haven't got to there their, yet. Yeah, but yeah. Well, do, <laughs> interesting. Do want to speak to their, their children and, you know, you're dealing with a whole range of emotions. And, yeah almost the belief that they're the centre of the universe, mm. that sort of thing. How do you uh, – what is your advice to parents about building that relationship? I guess, you? and I, if you took my example, mum and I didn't talk about sex at all. Okay. So it's completely taboo subject. Taboo. You don't yeah. talk about your body. You don't talk about any of that. So it was never, ever something that I thought I could talk to mum about. So, again, with me and my children, we talk about, you know, the human body, it's an amazing thing, you know, you know yeah. your private spaces, you know to look after yourself, um, you know what to ask me questions about. There's no taboo subjects in our household. You can ask me anything and, you know, I won't flinch. I don't care what it is, yeah. whether it be Shelby or Harry asking me questions. Uh, we work through that. Uh, so maybe that was some of the catalyst. Again, had I thought that I'd had that relationship with my mum, I might have handled it differently perhaps. Mm. It might have been a conversation that perhaps um, could have been had yeah. but never was. Yeah. Mm. I've had those similar conversations with my daughters. Yeah. My, I'll keep it very scientific. I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> no. No. But I, look, I follow the rules of the of the law. Of yes. The, sorry, of, of um, the human uh, biology. Yes, uh, that's so, right. Stick to science. Uh, yeah, I'll stick to science. <laughs> you can't um, fail. Uh, yeah, I remember they asked me, Dad, you yes. know, where do babies come yeah. from? And yes. uh, this would have been maybe a few, maybe six months or so yes. ago. And um, I gave him the actual real there scientific yep. uh, uh, yep. uh, answer and how that all came to be. My wife wasn't in the room at the time. She yes. was downstairs um, and I went downstairs and said to her, I said, oh, I've just got asked this question. And yeah. She goes, well, what did you say? Oh, my, God. Yeah, <laughs> so, oh, my goodness. <laughs> what did you what say? Did, what did you tell him? What did you tell him? I said, I, I said, this is, I, I went through the whole right. process and explained it. And she goes, oh, my God, I feel sick. Uh, yeah, but, they're more, yeah. Yeah, so uh, my, it's funny because... For me, I have that mentality. Yes. Well, I'd rather them hear yes. from me. And know that and it's not a taboo subject. Correct. You know, I can talk to Dad about it. And Absolutely. it's uncomfortable that as it is, yeah. you, you got through it and, and you're both better off Well, it's for uncomfortable it. for me. Not, yeah, both. Not for them. Both of you. Yes. Well, I don't, I, they didn't seem uncomfortable. Oh, really? Well, it's funny because they, they almost just looked at me and went, wow, that's probably more information. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. TMI, Dad, TMI. <laughs> 
Oh, that, yeah, we're all learning, I think. Oh, 100%. And I don't think um, you, you know, we don't get a rule book with our kids. I mean, there's lots of parenting books you can read and all sorts of things, but I think, yeah, just love your kids and, and get to know them as little human beings for what they are and, and don't presume to know, you know, what they are or how they operate or what they think. Ask them, you know, yeah. um, encourage that, that a lot of talking and, and conversation and, and, again, try not to get too frustrated or angry or emotive about innocent questions or even if they do maybe, you know, put a foot wrong you know, try and be there for them as the parent that you need to be um, there. And, and if something unfortunately does happen, like in my case, yeah, you get on from it, I guess. I mean, I don't hold my – I don't begrudge my parents for the action they took or didn't take. It's just uh, – how, how, how are they since. through the whole process? Oh, devastated. Yeah. Absolutely, dev- as any father as, as, would yeah. be and mother. Um, Did yeah, they, didn't uh, see it coming, didn't even know it was happening, was – totally um, blindsided by the entire event. It was um, yeah, quite shocking for them. How did it all come to be? Did you then speak up eventually? Yeah, or? so it, it just came out, um, I think. I think I actually mentioned it to mum. I think she made a comment about sex, I think, and, yeah, I had made a comment that, oh, well, I have already, like, oh, yeah, okay. it was just quite an off-the-cuff comment. Yeah. Again, I, hadn't, I didn't think it was anything... Bad. I just thought that's my what body, everyone my did. Decision, yeah, yeah no, not even that. I thought that's just what happened. I okay. just thought that that's that was just life. Um, yeah. So yeah, it wasn't until her reaction, and then yeah, I think then that conversation with um, dad, and um, obviously he wanted to go and, and prosecute and and activate that side of the law, and I was obviously quite reluctant with that. Um, so that, and again, whether you do or don't prosecute. Yeah, I guess that's an argument for another day. But in my case, he chose not to, and I'm sort of grateful for that and the fact that I don't feel the bloke was a predator. I think he was just a young man who made really bad decisions. Mm. Um, and I think I would have perhaps suffered under that um, that magnifying glass if I had to go to the police and report it. And, and I think I would have my shame would have been so much greater if I had to do that in a public space. Um, can you just explain to me child grooming in a sense? Is it, yeah. is it manipulation? Yeah, is that so basically you're, you're manipulating a, a child or someone underage or, or it could even be now, I guess, but child grooming is about, yeah, that manipulation of someone to get sex basically. Okay. Yep. And it's is it the leading this child to believe that this is a normal oh, thing? 100%. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Oh, definitely. You, yeah. And you, you totally feel this is a, a relationship and this is, you know, you're so grown up and this is this yeah. is what happens okay. and, you know, um, that's how you go get married and all that sort of thing. So in, in my case, that's exactly what it felt like, hence why I think, yeah, I, I thought I was responsible for it. I honestly felt to my core that um, that was my responsibility and I had made such a poor decision, um, yeah, and brought shame on the family basically. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So when you talk about shame, yeah, you know, a lot of the work that we we delve into is that shame and mm. vulnerability yes. sort of piece. And yeah. Now you've with your keynote and you sharing this story, you're, yes. you're reaching into the depths of vulnerability right here, and you're yeah. you're opening it up and telling this story. Mm-hmm. Someone in your position of CEO, where people you know aspire to be and admire yes. you and, and listen yeah. to your story and really mm-hmm. learn from that. Is there what I what I want to ask is it's a really powerful story that like you said you could potentially feel yes. vulnerable mm-hmm. and, and and a sense of shame yes yeah is there a reason for you wanting to share this story well why uh, why do you 
there's a lot of people yeah. keep their cards close to their chest. 100%. I don't want people thinking yes. anything untoward of yeah. me. I'm in a position. Mm-hmm. I want to be clean and. And there is crucial. there is that nervousness <laughs> around it because again, some people perceive my story as something different, or they might think of me differently, knowing that background. Um, but I think it really is important for particularly because I do a lot of work with kids now Mm. in the apprenticeship side of um, the business that I run. Uh, And again, a lot of these kids don't come from much and they have similar sort of backstories I'd anticipate and and life isn't easy. Uh, And I think for me to be able to demonstrate and even to my own children that no matter what life throws at you, good, bad or ugly, you can make good things from it. Um, You know, those hard lessons that you learn are often learnt from the, the, the hardest parts in your life. So yeah. I think I'm the person who I am today because of that. those two events in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever um, think or do you ever worry, and mm. if you do, yes. about what people may think of you? Do you ever worry that they might uh, hold you in a different yeah, hundred like percent. And I is- and I think at the end of the day, you, you you can't. And again, one of those things you learned quite young in this particular circumstance, you can't be responsible for what people think of you. Yeah. Um, it doesn't it doesn't change who you are. And then okay. you can have your thoughts on me, and I can have my own. At the end of the day, as long as I can sleep at night and know that I do things for the right reason, um, for my um, beliefs and morals, then then that's okay. Um, I don't need to be out there um, getting approval and again living what I've lived through. Um, if I lived that way, I wouldn't. I would. Yeah, I wouldn't exist. I think I would have struggled to continue to, to live on. I think. Yeah. Um, so you needed to get okay with it, quit, and you needed to put it. And I needed to put it to bed um, the best I could. And the way I did that was just to throw myself at work, um, study. I kept to myself. Um, I really did just sort of get through those younger years of my life the best I could. Um, And now looking back retrospectively, having my own children, it's a great demonstration of resilience and the fact that you can go and you can heal from many things in life Mm. and and don't be afraid, you know, you would hope that they don't go through similar things. But, you know, whatever the trauma or the issue and you you have them in life, mine are different to yours, Mm. but we all have those challenges. Um, You you can get past. You just need to, you know, dig in and and get through it and maybe watch the, the the lens that you put over the top of those events in your life. Yeah, I was going to ask: Do you do you seek uh, or do you feel at one sharing your story? So uh, yeah, hundred percent. I think because it, it makes me. I think it, yeah, it's correct. made me who I am. And and again, for people that I talk to and meet every day in life, you know, I, I feel that you know more often than not, a very few people meet me. Go, oh, you know, Beck, you know, no, no, don't have any time for her. More often than not, it's a, you know great lady that makes you feel important and, you know, because yeah. I truly do value human beings and, and no matter what they've done to me in the past, yeah, um, yeah I, I, I love human beings and what they have to offer and and um, everyone's personal journey and I've come quite intrigued and curious about other people and why they make decisions and, and do certain things. Um, yeah. So for me, yeah, I have no regrets, you know, those events in particular. Would I undo them if I had my time again? Probably not. Because I'd be fearful of who I'd be without them. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, they're it's a things great way that of thinking. You, just maybe me. What advice do you have for those? So there are people out there right now who yeah. have got some. Uh, what is it? Some stuff that they hold close to their chest. Yeah, they don't course. want other people knowing. Yeah. I do sense that there is an element of of letting go, which yeah. is that is mm-hmm. speaking to people about yeah. certain events in your life. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice in how? people could go about oh, that's that. It's a I mean, really personal thing, I think. Um, and some 
stories you might need to hold on. I guess it depends on what yeah. that story is for you. So it is a really p- a personal thing. I guess you've got to ask yourself what value is adding to your life the way that you're managing it now and if it's not adding value then you've got to keep changing it up until you find what does work for you mm. or what does provide value back to your life. Um, how you do that, I think you've, you've got to keep working at it until you find it, whether it be speaking to a professional or your family or doing what I do and just release it and, and speak quite openly yeah. about it and, and hope that, you know, it provides other um, people like at International Women's Day opportunity to hear a story, see a different side of it, think, oh, you know what, what I've gone through in life's not that bad. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Yeah. Um, or I've gone through something similar and, look, you know, she got through it. How, how did, you know, I can too, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So moving uh, moving past those those early years, mm-hmm. you then decided that working was a way. Yeah. So for me, I was, yeah <laughs> to get out of that work that environment. So and kudos to mum and dad. So obviously the quickest way to to then deal with that potential exposure at home because I was my, my brother was still at home at the time. Um, so I was obviously going to school, but then uh, after hours and uh, on school holidays, I was working. So I got a job at a local bakery. I worked at Pizza Haven um, through school holidays. I worked at um, a security company, Chubb Security, doing their, um, in their finance department, doing their, you know, their checks and, and all the, the cash receipts and all those sorts of things. Um, so, yeah, I just started work really early. And, again, thank goodness because it gave me great pathways into yeah. to where I am today. Do you – so managing those three jobs mm-hmm. – was it an element of you actually just really enjoying working as well? Oh, not at the time. Not I think it was, number one, trying to heal the disappointment in for mum and dad. Yep. So, again, if I was contributing and, and moving forward, then at least that's something to try and heal the, the wound or trying to rebuild that relationship, I guess. Um, but, yeah, it, it really was just a matter of me just keeping busy and, and trying not to be standing still for too long, yes. I think. Okay. Yeah. We have spoken offline as well where yeah. you've said to me that you kind of – there wasn't a job that you would say no. It oh, God, just no. Everyone, done everything and anything, yeah. I think. <laughs> so Richard Branson has a mindset that, yes. you know, say yes to everything and then yeah. figure it out later. Is yeah, that the yeah kind pretty of the, much. The, pretty <laughs> much. And, and I guess you don't know what you don't know if you don't try. Yeah. So that old analogy of, you know, don't say no to, to something that you've never done before or you haven't eaten before, you know, try it and then yeah. give your opinion. So for me, yeah, it's quite – I didn't care. You know, nothing was too beyond me or too beneath me. I, I'd do anything. Um, it didn't matter. So where did that mindset? Because it is a, a, a quite a unique mindset. Yeah, again, maybe people. because of that shame. Because again, yeah, okay. you, you're coming from such a damaged place, and you think, well, how am I going to make it up to myself and mm. to those around me? Well, I'm just going to throw myself. You know, to do all the what do you call right things yeah. in, in life, yeah. um, and, and see if you can make it up. I guess. Um, and at the time I probably didn't know that's what I was doing, but mm. I guess reflecting back, I think that's exactly what I was doing. Um, and again, and try not to be in my, my own head for too long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it held you in good stead because mm-hmm. by the time you were 20 years old, you were mm-hmm. able to buy your first, mm-hmm. your first home. Yeah, that's right. So I started working with, um, Western Mining at the time, uh, on the Roxby Dam expansion project. So mm. again, great, great job, great money. Um, saved money into a, um, uh, a managed portfolio with yeah. MLC, yeah. Um, which at that time was going great. And, again, houses were a lot cheaper then. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's certainly not the astronaut. But you didn't go the traditional path of getting a degree or something? No, like that, no. So, no. Um, again, growing up in Christie's, my main, obje- my main objective was to actually get out of Christie's as soon as I could. Not for any other reason other than I didn't like the drive from Christie's to Adelaide and Adelaide yeah, back yeah. Um, when I was working in the city. So I didn't want to have to travel two hours a day to get to work for the next 60 years. No. So for me, the main 
um, objective was to get to the city as, as or live at least as close to the city as I possibly could. So that was the main driver, earn as much money and do whatever I could do as quickly as I could, get that deposit and, and get out of there. And get out of there. Yeah, which I did. So, yeah. So property, is that something, because you, you obviously you work in the civil world now. Yes. You started your uh, civil journey in property quite Yeah, quite so early, construction actually. So I started in um, construction, so from Roxby and Mining, um, went into then commercial construction. Yep. So I then worked for a number of commercial contractors for, for a long time. So um, built environs and high marsh construction, um, worked at um, McDow- McConnell Dow for, for a short time uh, and then went on to, to Master Builders and, and Civil Contractors Federation. So traditionally male-dominated areas, mm-hmm. what drew you to those? I don't in, think anything drew me to it. I think the money probably okay. um, was <laughs> the main driver. At the time, again, starting so young, I was not but 18, I think, 19 with Western Mining. Um, it was just the pay and the energy and the yeah. fact that you're working on these big projects mm. that are landmarks across South Australia. I think it's that pride yeah. that you get from it as well. Yeah. So that you're in a financial role? Uh, more business. So my when I first started, um, I was actually, believe it or not, working in um, a quality department helping bulk steel procurement. Um, so I was in a bigger team and I was doing the administration and the support uh, for quality assurance. Um, and from there then I went into information technology with Y2K. Oh, yeah. And that's where I started my um, my my possibility of, okay, can I, can I do this for myself? So that's when I started the side hustle of – I'm working full time, but there's potential for me to again more earn more and do more. So I'm going to set up my own little company, and yeah. I set up a little sole tradership to do um yeah IT support, so help desk, okay, basically. And I would have been about 21, I reckon, at the time. So your IT manager for built environs, for yes. built environs, yep. and setting up your yes, own. yes. So there was just, no conflict there. Or? No, well, because I was having like news agencies and deli oh, owners okay. and like mums and dads, because I was always getting asked. So if yeah. you're an IT person, any IT person would completely understand what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. Oh, you work in IT. I've got this computer problem. Can you help me? Can you come and help me? Or my printer's broken. Or so yeah. So I thought, well, if I'm doing this stuff for free, I might as well charge for it. Yeah. So so yeah. Lo and behold, um, yeah, set up a little company, and I went and got my. Um, license, so I was a qualified computer technician, so okay, I could build yeah. computers as well to spec. Um, yeah, and and I just and I love the autonomy and the freedom to to be earning money in addition to someone paying me to do it. Yeah, um, so absolutely. Yeah, just gave me something different. So that that grow into anything, or was it just your own? Not so much. I obviously um, being quite young and and um, having a myriad of priorities in your life as a young person. Um, yeah, obviously had the mortgage. I had built environments was paying me very well, so I didn't have to be working for myself. I just thought that you know that was a good thing to do. Yeah. Um, so no, the 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 company um, eventually sort of just wound down because I didn't have the time to put into it, um, and I didn't fire up again until I left Built's um, just before the birth of my son. Okay. So yeah. Beautiful. So IT manager yep. at Builds. Yep. Uh, and I also – so the business side of it came into – so um, one of the directors at the time, Bill Gill, um, came to me and asked uh, if I could get across the safety and the risk part of the business, which I had never done before. And, of course, I said, yeah, Bill, of course. Yeah. I can do that. Um, and, that and that's where it started. So then I started to get into understanding safety legislation, um, risk management, compliance, um, management systems, audit, um, all those sorts of fun things that, yep. you know, everyone hates to do. Yeah. I, I loved it. So yeah. I thought it was absolutely brilliant um but very much fundamental parts of the business um and obviously having the the sole tradership on the other side um obviously i could understand how to run a business financially this was really just the other side of it so all of a sudden i'm starting to build up all these little um i don't know i guess feathers in my cap to to be able to run businesses and i guess that's helped me get to where i am today so 
from my understanding, you were made redundant. Yeah, I've had that? several redundancies. Yeah, so again, it's something three. I talk quite actively about when people hear, um, when I when I speak to people and they, oh, I'm going to be made redundant. I'm like, oh, that's awesome, you know. Um, <laughs> so t- can we dive into yeah. that because it's such a great attitude. Yeah. Why do you believe redundancies are awesome? So for me, I, I think it's it's opportunity. So nothing's finite in this world the world will always change and I think you've always got to keep at pace with it or always make sure that you've got your eyes open and looking for what the possibilities or the opportunities are coming your way so I think when the possibility of redundancies come like I think for once the world probably telling you something that you know what maybe time is 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 it's telling you something that you've got to move on or shake it up a little bit Mm. uh I I don't think it's any time to be nervous as long as you've kept your career current and you're not complacent and you've got that confidence in your abilities and what you do and how you do it. Mm. Um, And I think you should always be networking as well. So I think for me when I I hear of redundancies in my past life and I've had them, it's been, oh, yeah, okay, let's get into this. Mm. Um, Always made sure that you're you're putting your, your time in as well to make sure that there is something in the kitty. Yeah. So again, they're not small sums of money either in, in construction when you're redundant and that's, that's, you know, it's not small money that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, it was great. Um, I've actually pushed the envelope. So it was more so I think a redundancy might be coming my way. I'm going to go to the business and actually propose my own redundancy then and yeah, this is okay. what it should look and feel like. So you have much more autonomy over it that way. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you set the, the balls in motion of finding other opportunities elsewhere outside of the business, um, obviously tapping on your network to see what's there. Yeah. You've also got this added benefit of having, um, you know, th- this this money, um, this this little egg that you can work with. Um, and for me, I'd been at Built's. My first redundancy was Built Environs. Um, and that was more so, and that, again, that was one that I actually asked for in the fact that McConnell Dow had bought out Built Environs. Mm. It was just a big machine. It was just a bigger machine and it didn't need my position anymore from what I could see. Yeah. I didn't think I was adding value to the position that I previously held. Um, so, yeah, when I asked the question, look, I, I feel that my position's now redundant, you know, I think we should have a conversation about this. They were happy to engage and, and work through it with me. Um, and by the time that redundancy actually came through, yeah, I was, well, what, four weeks pregnant and with my, you know, with Harry and, yeah. yeah, I'd left without a job and but I did have a redundancy, um, yeah, and it was just on to the next adventure. So you'd be a rarity if people are asking for mm. a redundancy. Most yeah. people try to avoid it like the plague. So yep. why, you know, I think the key point that you say there is being making sure that your position or your skill set is yes. up to date yeah. and relevant. And we saw that happen Definitely. time and time again through – uh, through the COVID period yeah. that we just experienced. Make sure while we're yeah. in this down period, go back and study, do online learning, that's all right. this sort of stuff. Those people who were would go, go, go Correct. out. Correct. And, and I think that's um, one of those sort of, I guess, mantras that I live to now, like it's your life, you've got to own it, you've got to take full responsibility and accountability for your own education, um, don't get complacent. You know, if you do feel like you're getting complacent, then change it up. Like you really do have to be responsible. You get one life and you get one opportunity to yeah. live it. So bloody live it. Yeah. Right, don't, well, don't, C- don't just coast. <laughs> yeah, well, someone told me, and I think it's words that stuck with me, that you're the CEO of your own brand, right? You are. Yeah, that's exactly a good way to look at it, yeah. 100%, definitely. And always going to be yeah. one and, step ahead. Correct. And if you're waiting for someone to, to, you know, always be looking for opportunities for you or someone to, you know, say, oh, Dan, I think you should go do this course, you know, that that just doesn't happen in this, this day and age, unfortunately, yeah. and I don't even know if it ever did. But I wasn't one of the lucky ones that had someone looking after me to say, oh, you should do this and then do that and, yeah. and how about this? It was, it, yeah, always on my own and having to make those decisions for myself. And I think 
yeah, why would you want it any other way? So I think you just got to hold yourself accountable to make shit happen and get on with it. So, so going into this redundancy piece a yes. little bit further, mm-hmm. I would say majority of people would be fearful yeah. of a redundancy mm-hmm. purely because they haven't yes. been doing anything in the background. Mm-hmm. But they're also not just because of that, but because they might be, uh, in your case, yeah. single uh, single mother. Yeah, yeah, uh, they 100%. They have a, a, a mortgage yep. that's due. They've got bills to pay. Yep. Their spouse might also not be. Yes. Uh, so I had all those at, things. All those yeah, things. Yeah, 100%. Definitely. So how did you – what was your mindset through that? How did you manage – and again, I think when you, you you do hold yourself accountable, you know you're going to hustle and you're going to make it yeah. happen. Like yeah. like failure, or failure is an option because you, you learn from failing as well. But but stopping or not earning or not making it happen isn't isn't an option. Like yeah. you've got to make it. And and again, like I said, I don't care if I was cleaning toilets. If I'd yeah. clean a thousand toilets to earn the same amount of money, then that's what I would do. Yeah. I don't think there was ever a position. Again, I'm lucky. I'm able bodied and I'm, and I'm healthy. Although I've got a few side issues now but I think um yeah you you can get on with it as long as you can rock up every day to work someone will pay you for it Mm. uh and I think not having that you know being too proud to do any job yeah that's a key one yeah there's this ego yeah I can't I can't go back and do that job again I was there five years ago so why can't you yeah of course you can you can, you can do whatever you like. It's just a yeah. a couple I, of steps back to go. That's exactly right. And I've done that plenty of times. Yeah. Oh, God, I've been on really high-paying jobs and, you know, wasn't aligning with the business at the time. I thought, you know what, no, it's, it's not worth your soul and it's not worth your unhappiness. So, yeah, make a move, get out of it. Um, and, yeah, you backslide down and but you, you just hustle faster to get to where you were and I think you're better for it because now, you know, you, you, you know, you're 10 more steps ahead of where you potentially would have been if you stayed where you were. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really about reading the play, isn't it? You can 100%. almost almost look at your career and where you sit in at the moment and go, "What's the ceiling here? Where, oh, yeah. where am I? What's my growth trajectory in this?" Definitely. Role? Uh, the sideways move is probably one of the most underrated moves. hundred oh, percent. <laughs> it's just just as rated, I think, is mm. and just as important because again, it does give you opportunity to test your resolve. Do, do I know or do I not? Am I faking it? Am I, you know, have I got it? Do I need to work harder at certain weaknesses or strengths? So, you know, it gives you a, a great opportunity to breathe a little bit, consolidate and then go hard again. So, yeah, and again, as long as you, you're earning enough and you understand and, again, I guess for me I've always made sure that I've always had something to fall back on in my accounts as well. So I don't live on credit. I, I make sure that I've always got a safety net, yeah. you know, to to, um, to manage my responsibilities, um, you, both my children and my parents. Do you use a methodology or a framework for that? You know, the old rich, the richest, uh, no. the richest man in Babylon, the, the yeah. old 10% yeah. goes to this. No, 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 that's no, no I, I don't like spending my money. <laughs> so that pretty helps. I don't, I don't like spending and I don't need to be driving around a flash car or anything like that. I... I um yeah I, I live in a humble home that you know has enough rooms in it for us to live in. I don't need to be spending up to I don't know, and maybe because I didn't come from much either. Mm. I, I don't know if that's got something to do with it, but yeah I don't know. I, I just like to make sure that you've got something in your back pocket as well, which again gives you a great amount of freedom and choice to yeah. make good life choices with your career and and what you do and don't accept from a, a business perspective. Yeah. yeah, I do the same. I, I keep the nest egg there. I almost look at it from a month's perspective. If I went for a job without three months, could I mm-hmm. survive? Absolutely, yeah, I could with the, 
based on the amount of my mortgages or whatever yeah, it might be. Yeah, 100%. So it's always keeping it. Uh, 100%. And you've got to make sure that you can liquidate if you need to as well and, and all those sorts of things need to um, really come into it. You are very heavily invested in education mm-hmm. of yourself yes. uh, from a personal development mm-hmm. point of view. When you were going through these younger years, did yes. you turn to books? Did you? Oh, God, what, I wasn't what, academic at all. I was yeah. a hopeless student. I yeah. really struggled through primary school and high school. Yeah. Um, almost had to stay back in year five. Um, just mm-hmm. wasn't getting it. So in year five I learnt that you have to ask questions and mm-hmm. you have to check in with those that um, you're trying to meet expectations. So make sure you're checking in to ensure you're meeting those expectations, not leave it to the last minute and, you know, fingers crossed it will be all right. Um, so I learned quite young to, to ask and to check in and mm-hmm. to make sure I'm on the right path or do I need to stop and, and change direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, I struggled all through high school, all through primary school pretty much. As you became more of an adult yes. and you started yeah. adulting, yes. uh, you, you, <laughs> good, did good invest, you did invest <laughs> in your education yes. quite heavily. Yeah, and I think it's different and I, get, and I think that's why um, talking to, to youth and kids today trying to open their eyes to the fact that, you know, you can you can still be an amazing person and, and who you want and, and um, aspire to be just because you're not good at school does is not a reflection on how you're going to go in life. And I think I'm a great example of that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I can, I've gotten through my, my master's. I've done years of study in various fields. Um, I think for, for kids to understand it's all about context and learning about what you love and at the time and how you can understand it in a real-life example I think yeah. is the difference for me. Understanding algebra in a school system doesn't, didn't really no. resolve for me. Um, but you know, I can, I can do full financial modelling for any business startup now. Um, you know, pretty easily. Yeah. It, it's not difficult, but the, the outcome and the context is, is so different. You know, the drivers are not there. Do you, working with a lot of youth, yep. in, especially in the apprenticeship and traineeship world, mm-hmm. do you believe that the education system is slightly broken? Yeah, I think for a long time it was. I think it's um, a testament to the state government today in the fact they're now introducing flexible industry pathways into schools. So the school okay. system next year um, will have a much greater focus on uh, education in a real-life setting. So um, kids starting quite young in high school, getting up to year 10, where they really do understand what pathways from a career perspective are available to them mm-hmm. um, and then educating them within the context of what they're choosing to do. So for us, for example, um, in civil construction, it might be that a, a child identifies that they want to do a trade or, or not quite sure. We can give them some exposure to our industry, like we can get them out um, at our live work site and, you know, do some paving or, or see some excavators in use or hop onto our simulators at Thebiton to see, oh, what it's like to drive an excavator or a tipper or, mm-hmm. or something like that. Something to just reignite that, oh, this is an opportunity and this is what I want to do. Um, so that will start from next year in, you know, year nine, year ten, and then you can get into a trade pathway. So for us um, and our industry and and South Australia in particular, we really need to, to grab onto that. So I think the education system is changing. I think it's got a long way to go. Yeah. I think when I look at my children's primary school education, you still see a lot of curiosity and um, innovative thinking not supported in kids if it doesn't fit the system. Yeah, it's yeah, a, it's, it's, it's sad. A, it, it's almost the what is it the the, the square peg into a round? Yeah, hundred percent. And you think these these little bundles of fluff that are just so amazingly creative, and you know, when you let kids just think and and work through a problem on their own, it's amazing what things they can come up with. And I think at primary school we should be teaching entrepreneurialism and, and those sorts of things mm. rather than the stock standard old system that we've had there for hundred yeah. years. It it just doesn't. 
I don't know, I, don't, I just don't think it delivers outcomes and I think it doesn't help our children either because no. then they really get upset that they're not passing maths or English. But you know what, if they did it differently, then they could be superstars yeah. at what they do. So It's also, I think from a parent perspective, it's noticing your kids and what they're doing when they're yes. bored. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I absolutely 100%. love uh, when I take the iPads or something away from my kids. From, <laughs> oh, albeit, God. Danger. Albeit, albeit a punishment or whatever it might yes. be. But when it gets to the point that my children are bored, yes. you really start seeing cre- yeah. the creative side. Yeah, come out what, what do you do? Yeah. yeah, what games do they come up with? You know, games. How do they constructively play? The drawing, the colouring in, yeah. the. That's it. Uh, the conversations that yeah, come out of well, them. Well, they, they set up a. My, my, this wasn't too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, yeah. my daughter set up a, a shop in yes. our house and yeah. to the point where they went on the – they did go on my computer and yeah. print off the COVID check-ins and stuff <laughs> like that. So they actually – Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so they, started, well, they started their own business <laughs> yes. within our house. And, and should so that not be encouraged? It's, oh, okay, it was, it so, so how are we going to get this – how are you going to pay for your stool and talk Correct. about revenue and profit and loss Absolutely. and wages and, again, all – awesome skills that our children, you know, could be learning quite young, um, which would really facilitate not only them going into work for themselves or business or whatever it is, but just their own life skills as well. How Absolutely. do you budget for your mortgage? Yeah. How do you how do you budget for that fancy car that you want? How do yeah. you actually get from A to B to C to D? Uh, again, we don't teach that. No. And again, if you're not born of parents that can teach you that or you're not naturally inclined to want to know, yeah, where does that leave you? There's an app called Spriggy. Have you heard of no, it? No, Spriggy. Oh, get you onto go. it. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Um, good for kids or is it good well, for no, kids? <laughs> well, it's, it's a it's – a, so they get a debit card. Yeah. And they can get it their own Oh, ca- yes, characters. I have heard of this. Yeah. Yes, yes. And, but they need to do chores, chores to be able to earn Activate, that's income, right. Yes, right? So yes. I've got it set that my daughters will empty the dishwasher twice a week, make their bed every single day. Wow. Um, they will brush their teeth morning and night. Uh, so just standard chores. That's and if, fantastic. If they do that, which is yes. their regular chores every, yeah. every week, they yes. get $5 a wow. week. Wow. Right? Each go. get $5 a week. But they have to do that every day. They have to, they have to tick it. Oh, that's brilliant. See? But little, then if they want to earn more, yeah. then they have to do something over and above what they've, oh, what okay. they've done. So yes. they will then come to me that Dad, can I help you wash your car today? Yes, you oh, can. Or awesome. can I wash your car? Can there you go. Can I, can I do the weeding? Yes, you can. <laughs> No, you can't. They're yeah. saving, my daughter's saving up for a Nintendo Switch or something at the moment. Oh, wow. There you go. Awesome. Which Luke. is like $400, but yeah. you know, she's halfway there because she's doing all these extra shorts. So for me, I win. Great. And, and she learns an appreciation for the value of the dollar and, and how much work has to go through to earn yeah. something. So I think all of those sorts of things are marvellous things, but again, not really taught in schools, no, unfortunately. Not. Well, that's why the, the private world... And mm. the, the, the technology that yes. you can get, such as Spriggy. So yep. I do recommend the parents. Oh, there you go. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> uh, so you, one part of your talk uh, yes. that we've also talked through, mm-hmm. which I'm really interested in, um, and one that you, I, th- yes. I think you mentioned that you mm. may have received some some um, feedback from in, in yes. certain different ways. Yes. Was where you, you had your first you had your son? Yes, that's right. And within 11 days? Yeah, 10 days. I had 10 off. days? Yes. 10 yeah, days off work. and you were back in 10 yes, days? Yes, yeah, that's it. What was the decision around there? And, and so basically at the time, um, so my partner there, Dad, um, he wasn't earning as much as I was earning. He was working part-time. So mm. it just sort of made sense that obviously he'd be an at-home dad. Now, I had just started working at Highmarsh Construction, so I didn't have um, any annual leave built up. Mm. I was pretty much, yeah, I had nothing. So... Um, it wasn't really a choice. You know, I had to keep earning to, to keep 
obviously I had two houses at the time so I had to pay two mortgages um, plus feed now their dad because he obviously wasn't working yeah. and a new baby. Um, yeah, that stuff doesn't come cheap. So, uh, yeah, so I had to go back to work. Um, how, did, just, how did Highmarsh take that? Like when, so you, from my understanding, yes. you took the job, didn't tell them. Yeah, because I had the autoimmune issue. Um, there was no, um, um, I guess, guarantee the pregnancy would last. Okay. So there was no point in telling them until I got to that 12 week mark Correct. that it was yep. going to be sustainable. And I had to go to specialists and all that sort of thing just to yep. make sure my body wasn't going to, you know, be a bit difficult with me. Um, so no, got, got through that 12 uh, week mark and was like, okay, yeah, no, now, now I'll let them know. Um, and yeah, it was just a straightforward conversation of, oh, and by the way, um, just letting you know I'm pregnant, but I'll just take some annual leave 10 days off and I'll be back to it. Um, and then you just got to look after yourself. And, and for me, I, again, I'm so lucky and I appreciate that not, you know, there are other women that don't have that, um, that luckiness. And I think it is a pure luck sometimes that your body can carry children and that you don't get sick. Or I did have gestational diabetes, but that wasn't anything I couldn't work yeah. through the diet. Um, my autoimmune stuff could be checked. So that was fine. I had a specialist to go through, so that was all right. I had birth naturally, which again is another big tick, so I didn't have to recover from C-section or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, I'm just really blessed that I could actually get back to work as quickly as I did. Um, bloody hard work, but yeah. it was fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How did you manage not being there? Yeah, so your... that's mum guilt. So, yeah. And I think um, it, it's interesting. I don't know if I've ever got my head around that other than to – have that mantra that it's about um, quality, not quantity of time that you spend with your children. Mm. So for me, when I'm when my children and I are together, we don't have a huge amount of time together, so we make it count. Mm. So they've missed me as much as I've missed them. So it's a it's it's a beautiful thing to to get together and have conversations and and even now still really bounce off each other. And then it's well, not back to work, back to school, or back with their dad. We're separated now, so yep. it it sort of just really highlights and, and adds to that more so. Um, not taking each other for granted, I guess. Um, so mum guilt is a big thing, but again, at the end of the day, I, I had to be earning money to, to feed yeah. them and to look after and provide. So you, you have to check that guilt and, and get on with it and just make sure that, yeah, when you are there, it counts. And, yeah, lucky for me, I've got beautiful kids that that um, could extend me that, that ability to be able to do that. Mm. Yeah. You, being present in yes. the moment, yeah. how do you manage that? now in today's world do you I think yeah put the phone away oh, how do you switch off definitely like, I think we were talking about that earlier about really being quite disciplined with when I choose to look at my emails or mm. respond to calls and I and I do have that mantra that it, and I've always had it within my personal life and and business life if it's that urgent someone's you got to keep calling me until I pick up the phone yeah. or you're going to ring me um and I try and have that um that that with leadership as well that you know what if, if it's super urgent you know I'll call you or I'll you know I'm not going to bark at you because you didn't answer my email you know on a Friday night or a Saturday or yep. a late evening that's not right people do have a right to turn off so for me it is about only answering my phone if I'm with my kids if it's an emergency if if I really have to yep. um, and about if I'm on their time I'm on their time so yeah. So as a single parent mm -hmm. I'm not concerned whether you're a male or female yep, in this question. Yep. As a single parent mm -hmm. and, and a CEO of a business, yes. time is limited. Yes, it is. <laughs> how, do you, how do you navigate through that, that world of, of being there as a parent mm -hmm. and then also being yeah. there for the business yeah, and that's right. mixing that all into one? Yeah, so I think, well, I don't get, I'm, I'm getting lucky, unlucky, depends on how you want to look at it. I see it as lucky. 
uh, that um, I, we separated when the kids were three and five. So they were quite young um, and my kids have um, always been in the childcare system as well. So um, Harry and Dad got on fine when, when they were young but when my daughter came along she really didn't bond with her dad all that well which made it really quite difficult for him um, and Harry being at home. So the safest choice for us was to put them into childcare and get um, their dad back to work which just washed all that 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 um, that um, issue out of our family and the fact that it meant that he was out there working again, kids were safe and, and in an environment that was that was fantastic. Um, so I think my kids have always appreciated the fact that they'll always be dropped off at seven in the morning to, to OSH or yeah, childcare. Yeah. The day starts for us at quarter to six when the alarm goes off. I don't have to wake my kids up because they're just up. Anyway, they, they know the routine and they've been doing it since they were babies, um, so they get it. Um, so I think now being, you know, CEO, and I think if anything it's a slight relief, uh, being CEO is so much easier than running your own business. Um, yeah. You know, you, when you run your own business, I did that for several years, um, you know, for a long time um, between executive gigs and during executive gigs. Um, that's, really, that's really hard and I found that probably that the hardest part because um, you're always chasing your invoices, chasing your next client, delivering yeah. your project works. Plus, for me, also working in an executive role for someone else. Um, yeah. It was really quite a fine balance. So, for me now as CEO um, for Civil Contractors Federation, it's it's a lot easier. I can actually breathe. I've got greater flexibility to be able to manage my day with technology um, when I am available and when I'm not. But I guess the one thing that has always worked for me, and I guess a tip for for your listeners, I guess, is I always started my day early so that I had freedom and choice to how early I could finish it or if it did run on, then that was okay too. But if I started later, then I think I'd always be chasing my tail. Yeah. Um, but I get up early, we get to spend some good time with the kids um, where I can and if I can afford um, the time and, and I do try and actually diligently make sure I pick up my kids, you know, um, earlier in the afternoon rather than later. Board meetings and those sorts of things will cross over or, or events, but but that's okay. Um, you know, once a week here and there's okay. I can mm. usually swing it, and I do have mum and dad as well, yep. which is a great help for me. Um, so they can chip in and do pickups if I need them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just about trying to, I guess, be disciplined in your priorities. Uh, what you need to do today, um, making sure that you do focus on the, the high risk elements that mm. that are non-negotiable have to be done versus those that potentially could wait and I can organise them into completion um, over a longer period of time. So it's, yeah, just about progressively working through it, I think. How structured is your day? Is it- uh, no, it's not actually. My, um, <laughs> I think you learn quickly in, in construction that every day is different. It's never the same <laughs> yeah. thing. There's always something different popping up and not that I was – not that I'm in hardcore construction anymore, but, um, you know, you go in with a, with what you think is a plan for today or those tasks that need to be done and, you know, you're dealing with um, HR issues or um, something's gone wrong with the building and we need to get some, you know, facility um, maintenance providers in to fix something. Um, you've got um, the media calling you about something that's popped up overnight mm. or a budget release. That There's Podcast so many different things. Like yeah, yeah, something <laughs> random like that. Um, so, yeah, you've got all these sort of things that, that pop up and I think I've always been one and I say it a lot with my team, um, just be prepared to tuck and roll. So just mm. put your chin to your chest, just just roll with it um, and see where you end up. And I think um, as long as you, you don't beat yourself up over it, that, you know, oh, I didn't get to my list and, you know, uh, obviously you do need to get to those things that people are holding you accountable to uh, and you identify those so you don't slip on those. But everything else, you know what, you can tuck, roll, you know, do cartwheels, do whatever you need to do to, to get it done um, and it will always be okay. The sun will always come up tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> 
you have a pretty resound, uh, outstanding attitude and you're very optimistic um, and from what I am gathering yeah. a really strong sense of resilience as mm-hmm. well within yep. in your life not everyone has that approach right? yeah. where, where they can tuck and roll and, yes. and get on yes. with it how did you develop that skill set and those mantras or is it just lived experience? And I think it's lived experience and that's where I'd be nervous to suggest that um, if I didn't have those early life experiences, what I would look like today. And mm. I think that's why I have to tell that part of the story because people look at you and go, how did you, how are you this person that you are today? Yeah. And if you try and explain it without actually highlighting those critical events, people yeah. sometimes judge themselves a bit harshly on, well, why can't I be like that? Yeah. And it's like, well, you didn't have, you know, that adversity that point in time and I don't know in life I, I don't know but for me I don't know it's, it's almost like a, don't don't compare yourself to me because I'm I've got a different set of circumstances mm. that led me to who I am today mm. um sure I'm I'm yeah optimistic and I guess resilient and I can share lots of things but it's really hard to put it in perspective if I don't go back in time and talk about those those particular highlights um how do you build that resilience in your children then I think by ensuring that they trust themselves and that they have confidence to, like I said, do any job, you know, yeah. don't don't screw your nose up at something you haven't tried before, mm. um, give it a shot, uh, lead by example, I think. So, you know, be brave mm. um, and be curious is something that I always say to them, you know. Um, nervousness is a good feeling, you know, yeah. give it a shot and give it a try. And I think then when they do those things, it's amazing how it sort of just turns that light bulb on for their own confidence in themselves that they can do anything. And I think as a mum, you know, it'd be nice to know, you know, you're going to be around for 100 years, but it's a real possibility that you're not going to be around tomorrow. You know, accidents happen all the time or, you know, if something was to tragically take me away from them, I, I would know that they're going to be okay because mm. you, you're building that up in them. Trust yourself. You'll be okay you know, know what you're capable of, be accountable for yourself, all those sort of mantras, you know, the sun will come up tomorrow, you know, yeah. this too shall pass, all those yeah. sorts of things that I love that will help them, this, yeah, will help them get through. There's real power in understanding that nervousness yeah. is – It's a good thing. It's a good thing. <laughs> it really is. Stepping into that discomfort. Yeah, that's it. Where do you – do you do you look for discomfort and and, and do, or do you yeah, how do you recognize? I probably it do or? actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, like this sort of thing's not easy. I, I'm, a, I'm I would say I'm a natural introvert, so you know, getting up and doing a public speaking for International Women's Day far from easy, and the subject matter too is not the easiest thing to talk about and trying to frame it in a in a in a way that you know, I guess encourages people to listen. It, it's not easy, and but I do love the challenge. Um, I don't know what that is in me, but. You know, the harder it is or the more complicated it is, the more I sort of want to unpick it and see where it leads or what it does. And, again, at the end of the day, I think there's very few things in this world that will actually kill you. Mm. So, you know, give it a shot. What's the worst that can happen? Mm. Um, and what I've found in my personal experience is that you, you learn so much more from just trying and sometimes failing or succeeding than not, not doing it. And mm. I don't know, I'd feel guilty, I think, or maybe that shame would come back that if I didn't try it, I've got to live with that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a very real uh, problem, if that's the right yeah. word, for many people is yes. they, they start getting a bit nervous, the yeah. sense of anxiety yep. ticks over and, yeah, that and, crippling and, and they of, fall back into it. their old habits mm. and, and mm. don't want to uh, Oh, 100%. Don't want to step outside. And, and I, yeah, and, and all I could suggest is that you, you try, and, try and embrace that and, and try and find what works for you to work through that because it's not doing any favours if you sit with it. 
Mm. So if you have a choice and we're all adults or young people trying to find ourselves, it's, yeah, you really do need to try and find what works for you. But if it's not adding value to your life, then change. And I think that's one of those other key points that I, that I talk about that know yourself and be okay with it. If you don't like it, then change it. So yeah. no one can change it for you. No. Yeah. You don't own it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Or, or, and want it, you know. You know, who who likes to not be able to sleep at night or who likes, mm. you know, that nervous feeling of presenting to a meeting or getting up and public speaking. Well, there's, there's ways to, to work your way through that. Mm. you just got to find what works I don't for reckon you. there's a day that goes by mm. where there's not something that makes – me concerned or worried yeah. or yeah, that sense of that, that sick feeling is, yeah. is, is it a sick feeling? There's that feeling in your stomach yeah. where you go, Well, this could pan out any, I don't know yeah. where I'm going, or you yeah. have a conversation with someone, uh, especially, um, you know, running, like yes. you said, running your own business, it's a it's a it's, tough game, it is, it really is. Uh, top hat to, to anyone, my hat goes off to anyone that runs their own business. I have full respect, and it's just amazing, um, yeah, human beings that can do it because yeah. it. it and I look, and I don't think it's too dissimilar from a CEO's perspective anyway. But when you run your own business, or you are the senior yeah. executive for yes. for a business, you have to worry about number one the the income of yes. the business and make mm-hmm. sure it's mm-hmm. going concern and 100%. whatnot. And then you've also got to, well, for me, I I, I definitely take this. Uh, I, I really. Love the people that work yes, in this that's team, right? right? So, and, yeah. and you want the best for them, Correct. and you want and the best family, for their families, and, and yeah, and Correct. and Correct. it's this this push and pull that's feeling right. constantly of that's right. How do I yes. help grow this business? But that's how do it. I give back? And Correct. So you, you've got very much the skin in the game mm. with with that. And um, again, I think as much as you probably don't acknowledge it, that's probably the thing that is you know your stretch and that thing that does you know sort of make you a bit not ner- nervous. Probably isn't the right description for it, but you know you certainly are putting yourself out there and, and feeling it, yeah. which is probably the, the better way to frame it, that you just got to get feel it. you just got to, oh, wow, that was a yeah. stretch or, gee, that was, you know, I got through that. Um, so, again, I, I don't really get that feeling of, you know, nervousness. It's just more a feeling of, um, wow, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna do this and, you know, you just take a breath and off you go. Like yeah. you're running every day that, you, that you're currently doing at the moment. Yeah. You know, am I going to do it? How am I going to go through it? Yeah. Um, and I think sports has helped me with some of that as well. So, like. You know, running for me was one of those yeah, well, big things. In amongst all this life of yours, you've yep. managed to be an ultra marathon runner. Yeah, so, so not just a marathon couple. runner. No, but so an yeah. ultra. Can you explain? Yeah, ultra so marathon? ultra ultra marathons. Um, obviously anything over um your, your standard marathon, which is forty two k. So I've done a fifty and um a hundred. Um, and when you're training for a hundred, you do lots of ultras basically Ultra, yeah. yeah so you are aware you don't need to run that far do no you? <laughs> yeah but again it's just one of those again just my random yeah thoughts and feelings about well not saying no and and oh can i do it i don't know it's just one yeah, of but those 100 kilometers is i mean i yeah, struggle to run that just, in a month but again could i do it you <laughs> yeah. know and what time and and what what and what does that look like it's just so so curious to me before i'd done it on oh what does that look and feel like and how do you do it did you run that in south australia or yeah so go? that's the trailblazer event back in my day i think it was 2008 when i did my um that was the the operation flinders event um so you start at memorial drive and then you run along the torrents to, to black hill and then you go black hill across the the um adelaide hills to get mount lofty and then from mount lofty to kaipo so yeah, yeah and you did it all in one sitting basically so you don't stop you have your you support crew that feeds you along the way how did your um, body handle that how actually really good oh, really? um so yeah i was rock climbing the next day no problems what? at all yeah i was fine but i ran an adelaide half marathon not but probably the year before, killed me for, you know, three weeks. Just that 
road running versus trail running was such a a, a different impact on your body. Yeah. I think trail running because you have to alter your speed and, and you know, you're really focusing on where you put your feet and it's yeah. just a totally different mind game. Um, and your heart rate's probably not as high. Yeah, it's up and down and, again, it, I don't know, it's, it's not that consistent, mm. you know, thud, thud, thud on, on bitumen um, and yeah. it's not as mundane, mundane. It's, yeah, I don't know, I just, I just thoroughly enjoyed it and I think, you know, your human body is capable of so many things. I think it's just your mind that limits you. So I think for me running was very much a mind game on, yeah, do I have the determination to do it and, and get on it's, with it. Have you re- – re- it's a very uh, – it's a very, um, what's it called, alpha male book. Yeah. It's the David Goggins no, book. Have I you, he's no, He's um, US Navy SEAL mm. that turns ultra marathon yes. runner. Yeah. Well, he'd be so fit anyway, yes. But so it's a real rah, 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 yeah. right? But he's, it, what you've just touched on yes. is exactly what he says. Yeah. He does all this and he yeah. went through three hell weeks, yeah. which is the, oh, the crazy because right, he failed the first two because <laughs> he, he was yeah. running on broken shins right mm. in throughout. But he takes he takes this approach of um, you, us, we as human beings yes. do not understand the lengths that our bodies can oh, actually go it's to. huge, definitely. Um, you know, you think you're tired one day and you're feeling sore and you go, yeah. that's it, I've got no more in me. But yep. you've probably only I, worked it. In his mind, you've only worked to probably 50%. 100%. Still, yeah. 100%. It's amazing what you can do. Yeah. And, and I think that's just a beautiful thing. I don't know. I just I find that inspiring and just incredible. I, I, I feel so. And again, even in business now, it's – Knowing that you can do so many different things, yeah. it, it what's there to hold you back apart yeah. from your own self thought? It is, yeah. yeah your, your mindset is what mm. holds you back. Do you place much emphasis now on your health and taking, yeah, like exercising in that? Definitely, as much as I, your yeah, as much as I can. So I like to hike, and and um, for me, obviously, I do a lot of um, engagement, obviously, with in, in work and and lots of interaction with people. And I think for me. Um, getting out and hiking just by myself for a couple of hours at a time is just enough to replenish. Um, is that I'm, like a, a mindfulness thing or is it just oh, because I think you, I'm just more of an introvert. Yeah. So it's, as an introvert I just like to just consolidate and just, you know, yeah. just be in my own head for, you know, a little while just yeah. to relax and just to contemplate and think um, through no other reason than it just, I don't know, it relaxes me and I find it um, re-energises me, I find. Because, um, yeah, you get to the end of a long week and, you know, it seems you've been talking non-stop and and just going, you know, everywhere and anywhere. Yeah. Um, but I just think to get out and just just to, to do a long hike, almost, yeah, pretty it? much. And, and it is. It's just a beautiful thing, I think. Do you know with the autoimmune disease? Yes. The graves, is it, yes. The overactive thyroid. Does yes. that help you in your exercise? No. So now I'm underactive. So now oh, I don't okay. have one. So now I have to take a replacement every day. Oh wow. Um, so, okay. so yeah, now I. So, so it's even harder again. So yeah. No. 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 It's harder to manage. So now I go under, and then you've got to go back for tests every six months just to make sure your your levels are okay. Um, and then it tr- triggers yeah other things as well in your body, like my calcium goes a bit funny every now and then, and, and vitamins and and those sorts of things your body just doesn't seem to process. And yeah, recently I think after the um, after I go birth to Shelby, um, yeah, I started going bald. So I now have to take a tablet so I don't go bald, basically. Like a alopecia type. Yeah, yeah. So it's you? again, it's just yeah. where my body now turns on the hair follicles. So now, yeah, I just have to take minoxidil for um, yeah, so oh, I don't lose wow. my hair. So yeah, so that's so, not an interesting so thing. So the exercise is something, does that help or is it? Oh, I, I think I've just been one that's um, always believed, you know, healthy mind, healthy body. So, yeah. you know, it, it's you've got to look after all of it. I mm. think if you want to be that holistic human being and um, if you want to get the greatest 
output in your life and your outcome that all of us to work together for you. So, yeah, I don't think you can have one without the other. So, yeah, I've always – I always feel better when, yeah, you're doing that physical exercise and you're getting out there. I think it's balance. Yeah. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. Going back to the work, your mm-hmm. career and yep. your, your daughter came along. Sorry, her name is – So, Shelby. Shelby came yep. along mm-hmm. and did you have more time off? No, no, so I did the 10-day thing again. 10-day thing again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And – did you um, – were you with your – Yes, yep, so we were still there. Still, yep, so still same dad. So oh, yeah, yeah. you did say that and then there was yeah. after that he actually – That's right. So yeah. Shelby, yeah, Shelby and, um, yeah, her dad didn't quite bond all that. Well, she was a proper baby. She would, you know, she would not sleep and, you know, fuss around with her food and, you know, yeah. Harry was awesome. He he slept and mm-hmm. ate well. You wouldn't even know we had a baby in the house. But, um, yeah, no, she was a proper baby, beautiful thing that she is. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, she cried and she always wanted to be settled and she quickly worked out that if, um, you know, at all of – what would she been three four weeks old that if she screamed at dad long enough and refused the bottle I'd have to come home oh. to feed her yeah. yeah so she just refused to take the bottle and yeah so I was and breastfeeding so yeah trips back and forth from work yeah you're and still at high marsh at this stage yes yes I was and again um great that and I was consulting where was I yeah, so I was still at High Marsh and, again, great um, business to work for. Uh, yeah. Fully understood that, you know, I have to duck out, you know, but yeah. I'm still on email if you need me. Um, so, yeah, it was it was, a, it was great to have that flexibility and that respect to be able to do that. So you, you, Harry and Shelby get to four or five years yep. old. Your, um, your relationship yes. uh, took a different path yep. and you mm-hmm. um, parted ways. Yes. You then decided to start your own consulting business yep. and start an MBA. Yeah, that's right. As you do at the same time. Yes, yeah. that's right. Is, is there? So I'd gone out just. <laughs> I'd gone. I'd started my own business before we separated. So okay. that had started prior to. And again, just that feeling um, that yeah, that that pressure of not earning enough, not being enough places at one time. So again, engineering that that redundancy and, and everything with High Marsh at that point in time was rolling up into to Sydney at the time. So you could sort of feel it coming. So I'm like, yep, yeah, okay, let's do this. But I'll still consult back to them. So for a long time they were a client still. So I, I had that. Okay. And I had um, some board positions as well that I was on. Um, so, yeah, set up the consultancy company when Shelby was, oh, she would have been, what, about a year old I think, um, maybe six months and went back out to market again and that's where I picked up Master Builders as a client. Yep. Um, so I was consulting to them for a little while uh, and then, yeah, they needed a GM to come in and help so them. So what were you business. consulting? What was your uh, business basically? So, yeah, um, safety, uh, risk, um, yeah, uh, more construction. So I've really only ever helped construction businesses and firms. So, yeah. you know, tradies that, that just need help with the business side of their, their businesses, um, consulting to, to associations like Master Builders um, to, to support their members or their clients with their needs. And like I said, I just want to top that off with an MBA yeah, in so, 12 months. So the same time. So, yeah, so <laughs> yes. So And I think for me the saving grace was the, the MBA because – when we were separating, I'm one of those people that has to keep a really active mind um, and really active body so that I can sleep. Like I find if those get unbalanced, then I then I can really struggle to to sleep. And I'm a big one for you need to sleep properly. Mm. If you're going to have a good active life yeah. and, and be able to think and be awesome, you really need some good sleep. I agree. Um, so you, I was having this yeah, conversation. Yeah, we were. Was, so you need I'm to work on this. You need to work moment. on this. So for yeah. me, um, and and you know what it's like when you go through heartache and and those sorts of things. We've all been there. Um, yeah, for me, having something to focus on. So not only was it a new job, masters um, and having two children and trying to sell a house and move back to the other house, um, yeah, it was a very full plate. Um, but for me, I think I just needed to keep 
running it. It's sort so of like that a, was your way of dealing. Yeah, it was sort of like an ultra marathon, but in a life form, basically. <laughs> Most people put their head in the sand. Yeah, you've gone the other other way. Yeah, again, you know, I don't think I could have um, got through it that way. I don't think. I think I'd feel that your problems would catch you and and well, they do. and pass you by. It's not. So, it's not they will. Yeah. it's not that they might. It's it, it they will. will. Yeah, yeah, and I guess I didn't. I yeah, never wanted that to happen. I never wanted to not have control of. Um, my responsibilities and and where I could go with it. So yeah, it's best to run it even harder and and yeah, catch me if you can type of thing. <laughs> your your mentality is next to none. No. I absolutely love it. Do you um, do you ever stop and and just be? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And it is sometimes just that you know lazy binge of Netflix whilst you're on the couch or yeah, yeah or going for a hike or just you know um trying to do something silly like trying to learn to play golf or something yeah. that's just yeah for, and for me they are things that are escape from you know they're not the rat race but yeah. you know just life I don't know I just find a lot of solace in doing new things or just chilling out or yeah I'm, I'm lucky that I live up in the hills so it, it's quiet up there mm. You know, it's only 12Ks out of the city, but you feel like you're in the country. Mm. So for yeah. me, that that's a big part of how I recover as well. Yeah. It is quiet up there. You know, you, you can't escape. You know, you don't have to, you know, if I go up there and go for a hike, I might not see anyone for several hours mm. whilst you're walking around. It's just, so it's just really quite nice. So I think you need to find what works for you from that perspective. Where, where's your safe place? You know, for me, I'm lucky that I love home. Um, mm. Yeah, it's just one of those things, I think. Consulting business was going well? Yes, yeah. So, no, great guns. So, yes, it's always served me very well. And then just no longer wanted to be a CEO? Not necessarily. I think what happened with CCF, it it just um, pulled on my heartstrings. So, I'm really lucky now that I I haven't had a job for a long time. I do what I love to do and I'm just really lucky that I found that, you know, early on. Um, And consulting is very much a part of that. You can pick and choose who you want to work for, um, you know, what what projects you want to take on so I, I love that autonomy and I love the fact that you can move and shift you know so you, you you're always energized getting out of bed in the morning to, to do what you love mm. um but I guess CCF it, it was that that perfect that I don't know that perfect thing to give me that box that wasn't ticked yet I hadn't held it I, although I'd held executive roles at GM and director of ops and, and those sort of roles I hadn't held the CEO role prior and although I had the executive directorship for the civil apprenticeships and careers it still wasn't that box tick and the kicker for me was the fact that um, CCF was such a traditional thing, machine um, to get into and, again, that natural curiosity on, oh, can I mm. change this up and, you know, make it more modern and, you know, it just really, I don't know, just my natural curiosity to, well, can this be something different? And the element with what they were doing with the apprenticeships sort of really um, sold me and and it's still in construction infrastructure, which I love. So, um yeah, it all just sort of just all magically sort of lined up. So, yeah, for me to put the company to bed for a little while, it, it's, again, a bit like a sidestep but it's not, you know, your earning capacity and those sorts of things sort of plateau out. But um, for me the fact that I can do this now, I can always start my company up after the fact yeah. but I wouldn't necessarily get this opportunity again. So, so yeah, and, again, so grateful that I, that I took it on. What is the purpose of CCF? 
So Civil Contractors Federation um, is the association that represents um, civil construction businesses in South Australia. So it it goes out and and talks to to government and and media and um, other stakeholders to ensure that um, civil businesses, and I'm talking civil businesses, these are companies that build roads, bridges, pipelines, um, tunnels, very shortly. Um, Anything to do, traffic, yeah, traffic management. Yes, yeah. I know, same, it's going to be an awesome <laughs> project. Um, so those businesses um, need representation, so to ensure that, you know, there's, there's reduced red tape, that their, their businesses are provided an environment where they can prosper the most, they can employ people, um, that someone's advocating and, and um, lobbying for, for, for what they need to continue their businesses. Um, so CCF um, primarily exists for that. Um, another part of the business is civil train, which is where we train the workforce. So we're, we're always, um, um, I guess, looking to our industry so the civil industry and make sure it's well trained it's got the capacity and capability to work to do the work our client is is private and public um, but we do so much infrastructure work for government so for our way of life as south australians to continue and to prosper you need a healthy civil industry because you can't get to work unless you're on a road you can't turn a tap on and get water yeah i was gonna say you got dip dip tea yeah uh, department of transport Mm -hmm. and then you've got an infrastructure and then you've got SA water. Yeah. And so again, all civil all require absolute, a civil industry. Absolutely. So, yep. So I civil mean, industry is the workforce basically that executes those projects, basically. Yeah, pe- most people don't think of that. They the, the SA water piece is a real, yes. like water to the tap, but it's also yes. the uh pipes, the sewers, the, uh, the, the sewerage away yep. from your house, right? Correct. So you're Correct. helping we're actually helping right. stop disease. Yes. So <laughs> yeah, it's the one trade that is actually responsible for the quality of life that Correct. we have. Absolutely. It, it's it's the infrastructure that, that needs to deliver um that social value very, and, and it does. Um, and I but guess people, the, how can people get so frustrated yeah. with roadworks and all that? <laughs> but it's I go yes, roadworks, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Things are happening. Yes. That's all. That's I right. Do. Well the, done. The new South Road Bridge is the yes. best thing. It's awesome, isn't in it? In the world, yes. Well, That's the right. World, and then also connector, <laughs> you get to drive out to the Barossa without you know. So it's just, good. It's beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful so road. Beautiful road. Yeah, we got so family that live out there, and, there you go. and so we easy, literally cut fifteen minutes. Yes, and it's a lovely drive. It's a beautiful road. You know what's not to love? Smooth. Yeah, exactly. Concrete. That's concrete. First concrete structure. There you go. Yes, it's mm, so good. It is awesome. So yeah, so all those sorts of things. So um, in order, yeah. So CCF is that obviously the training arm, which is civil train, and then we have that new element, which was the thing that really got me on the hook with CCF was um, civil apprenticeships and careers. So that's the entity. It's a group training organisation that employs um, youth and provides entry pathways into our industry. And we're yeah. an ageing trade, so yeah. we're, we're an industry that's rapidly um, getting older, and our replenishment rate is too low. So we mm. really do need more kids entering our industry and it pays really well and it's awesome if you like being outside. You know, you're only limited by your own attitude. What's what when you say pays well from a, from eighteen year old coming out of school, what, yeah. what can they yeah. expect? Yeah, so you to... go in so obviously apprenticeship is a lower pay yeah, as yeah, all apprenticeships are. But by the time you come out and and um are you you're a fully qualified trade person, which is only a three year apprenticeship as well. So not much time you need to sink into it. Yeah. You know, you're in that sort of that potentially that that 50, 60, 70 um, you know, salary bracket. Yeah. And as soon as you can demonstrate proficiency and you get good and, you, and again, you've got a good attitude and can do tasks, um, yeah, you're in that six-figure bracket pretty quickly. You are. Um, I, I know a lot of people who have done that, they've yeah. done the graduate programs yep. and done all yes. this sort of stuff as yep. well and got into that world. It's a world where dollars are not a concern No, anymore. I mean most of my mates now, and again, I've only lived and breathed 
um, construction. So, yeah, the most wealthy people I know uh, are the tradies, not the builders necessarily, but, you know, yeah. the tradies that, that do the work for them. Um, yeah. You know, there's great margins in the work. They can especially work anywhere. When, especially when it is an a, a ageing skill yes, set. Yes, 100%. The, and, and we can't not have a civil industry. That's the real kicker. So right. in order to get water to your tap or get from A to B or to build a, a high-rise building like we're in today, all these foundations need to be laid. It all has to happen and it all has to happen for civil. Um and on, like other trades, uh, you're always going to have the government that, that puts out the, the bill for that. Yeah. Um, so you're always going to get paid. Um, the work's never going to run out. You know, even if we build new new infrastructure, it then needs to be maintained. Um, so do, you, do you support the engineering element of it all? Yeah, as yeah. Well, so so that's one of the pathways. So yeah. you can come and do your trade pathway for three years, and then you can do your Cert Four, which is a bridging um, qualification, and then you can get into your university, your civil engineering yeah. um, uh, degree, if you like. But again, do you need to? Um, yeah. Well. Depends De- if you want to design. Yeah, 100%. Or depends on what your, your career aspirations are. Well, going back to becoming and leaving yes. you, leaving your business to mm-hmm. becoming CEO, yes. you're obviously attracted to all these opportunities within mm-hmm. and, and, the, and the great work that you're doing for the industry. Mm-hmm. How have you noticed the shift? Uh, in the industry? or Well, the shift yeah. from doing running your own business to – uh, becoming CEO, I think, are you, are, I think is, the thing that I noticed the most running your own business, although you work still with a lot of clients and you're still engaging with a lot of people, it can be quite isolating. Mm. You don't really have your your own team that you can form those relationships and those bonds with, which I think are so important. Um, so, yeah, that was probably the, the one thing that I really missed when I worked for myself mm. and I had clients because they were your clients. Yeah. Um, you really couldn't, you know, get involved and, and really feel that you were making a difference or contributing because you were there to just do a project yeah. or a piece of work and then out you go um so yeah i guess for me yeah that shift is getting back into a a business and an industry uh at a level where yeah you really can leave your mark or or try and again whatever my personal story adds to it or or my career or that mentoring i can provide to other young people that are coming up Mm -hmm. behind me yeah i think it's really i don't know an opportunity that that i'd hate to miss to, to be able to pass on and make these or provide opportunity for these young people and people that I work with to be you know incredible at what they do and how they go about it so I think for me it's that sort of shift um from from where we were to where we're going and even from an industry perspective trying to get young people to understand that you know to, to start an apprenticeship doesn't mean you're going to be in a shovel for the rest of your life it's 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 the first step of a marathon basically and yeah you can take it anywhere you want just make a step and just keep moving like just do something yeah. get this qualification under your belt and then you can still be the prime minister if you want to you know there's nothing to hold you back but just make a start yeah you know so many kids uh, um and industries are so i guess um you've got those challenges and hurdles that, that stop people from getting into it or overthinking things uh that really do constrain you know workforce development and and pathways um at the end of the day we just actively get out there and tell kids you know what start here and see how you go yeah yeah so you probably get asked this question a bit and you probably don't like the question in itself because (laughs) i know this is not really the way you think yeah right but the construction civil industry is a very male dominated Uh industry how moving into this role as ceo how has it been for you from a journey perspective and, and, and the way yeah, it, it is an interesting question and I do get asked that question um, quite a lot which again is quite surprising well not surprising I understand why the question's asked but 
it's, it's a bit like you don't know what you don't know. I've only ever worked in in construction, uh, obviously, so, in my early yeah. part of my career when I was, you know, doing contract work. I was working in many different industries, but construction is um, what I, all I've known and 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 loved for for many years. Um, so for me, I think the the difference for me is that I never went into any job or industry where I felt that I was anything but just another person doing the job. Mm. So I didn't see that I was any difference from a man doing it to a female doing it. I didn't see any difference. And maybe some of that was because I was in IT, which again, male dominated in itself. So I was in a male dominated career and in an industry that's male dominated. So it was a double whammy really. Mm. But I didn't see myself any different. I didn't see that um, I couldn't do what you could do or Mm. or vice versa. So I never really made an issue of it. Um, you know, if you're, you know, having a conversation with me, which I think is inappropriate, then I'll have one straight back with you. Yeah. That's probably inappropriate. Yeah. That, yeah so it, 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 you can, I guess, face it off. And now whether or not that's the right or wrong thing to do, I'm not going to weigh into that. I know what worked for me. Um, and, and I just found that if, yeah, keeping an open mind, treating all human beings like they're human beings, not like a man or a woman. I don't treat a man different to a way I treat a woman. So I don't expect to be treated any differently either. Yeah. And I think... I don't know. Once you sort of get rid of that rub and you just get on with it, it we're all human beings. But yeah. do you, do you, are you pushing the agenda of trying to close the gap there in the industry? I speak like engineering. Yeah. Is, is, there's a big yeah. gap in civil. There's a big. And you gap. can say the same thing for nursing and teaching Correct. with regards to men and, and women way, and, yeah. and the breakdown. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big advocate for diversity and inclusivity, and um, the, probably the, the biggest. Thing that I'll always work towards is making sure that um, opportunity exists for everyone that wants to work yeah. in any given industry. Yeah. So I think as as industries, we need to make sure those doors are well open to everyone in the population, um, and we need that because there's just not enough of us to work at the moment anyway. Um, so there's no point shutting down half the population unnecessarily. So if you want to get into the industry, you should be welcomed. You should feel comfortable. Um, you know, there shouldn't be anything constraining you from doing what you want to do in any given industry. Mm. So I think that's probably the most important thing. Um, whether or not we'll get to a 50-50 split in civil construction with men and women, I don't know. I mean, but what the quotas shouldn't matter. I think what you're saying is mm. it's about making sure if you want to get in. Correct. You can get in you opportunities. Get in. Yeah, and you, yeah, the that's world right. is open for yeah, you to do Correct. That. And that you know you're going to go into a safe workplace where you can work no matter how you present or how you go about life. It's, you're there to do a job, best person for the job. Um, yeah, every, every person should be treated respectfully no matter what you are and who you are. And I'm mindful that sometimes, you know, men and women might not want to work in certain industries and that's okay with me too. Yeah. Yeah. What are you most proud of? Oh, that's a big, big one. Um, I don't know. I think probably my children. And, again, that's yeah. one thing that mums would always say, I think. Um, they're a reflection of yourself, I think. They're, they're you know, again, I'm biased, but my children are, are lovely. Um, I really lucked out with my kids. They're, they're, yeah, just amazing human beings that I'd be lost without. Um, Kudos. Yeah. <laughs> goes to you. I mean, your kids are amazing because of their parents. Yeah. And their dad. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Parents. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, yep. so um, you've achieved a lot, though, you know, from, from, um, being own business to CEO position, executive positions to board positions to ultra marathons yeah. to owning your own property. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, and again, I guess away from kids, other yeah, things that I'm I'm proud of is I guess yeah, getting there on my own, um, whether mm. it be my financial independence or my career or you know I've got no one to thank other than myself really, um, and those people that I surround myself with and actively choose to to learn from and. Yeah, I think 
I don't know, it, it is, I guess if you look at it, something to be proud of. Yeah, I don't know, it's Absolutely. hard. It's, again, it's hard to well, see you, when you live it. It's, yeah, yeah. You're, you, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. On the, on the uh, mentor, yeah. you have, yes. do you have a group of mentors or coaches? No, or no, do you, do no you not really. It's, and again, it's, I think... I think it just happens instinctively. I think yeah. it's just people that you naturally want to be around, I think, that yeah. are those people that I learn from. Mm. And, again, I can learn from an eight-year-old right up to a you know 100-year-old. It doesn't <laughs> really matter who they are because, again, I think, yeah, everyone brings something different to you if you allow them and you open yourself up to it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I can learn from anyone on any given day, I think. I think that's part of the, the fun of it all, I think. Do you, do you take each conversation with an opportunity to learn? Is that Yeah, that, I think so. Seem... I think so. As best you can, some, and some conversations, yeah, we obviously want to keep it distance. <laughs> so right. some aren't healthy or toxic to have in your life and you've got to shut those down and, and get away from those um, as quickly as you can. You've got to be able to identify those too. Um, you know, you, you do meet some people that are more draining on you than what they should be or – um, so you need to be aware of yourself. Do, do you have you made a conscious effort to disassociate yourself with those people that are draining, or uh, is it? Yeah, well, you, you must. I think it's an unconscious thing. I think. I think you just yeah. don't obviously make time for them in your life. Really, yeah. you 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 move on, and and yeah, you, we're amazing at you know making sure that there are other things that that pop up that you know means that you can't be in their company. Mm. You know, we're adults; you can get through it, and and right through to you know just shutting it down and being assertive with what you need and don't need. Uh, I think that's that's another thing as well that you need to again that, about that accountability for yourself. Um, you need to know yourself, um, and you need to know how to um, not enable poor performance or poor, poor behaviour around you. You know, if it's impacting on you, then you need to step off, and yeah. you know, oh, I'm going to go over here, and you can stay there. Um, those yeah. sorts of things. In that keynote that you gave yeah. at the Nika event, mm-hmm. you had some learning. Yep. Uh, points that you wanted to draw out and you're mm-hmm. really passionate about. Yes. Can you yeah. just go through other four yep. dot points? Can yeah. you go through those dot points? So I think that first one is about, um, and we touched on it earlier, obviously that, that regret for nothing. So don't regret or resent, you know, what's been thrown at you or, or, your, or your life lessons. Um, you learn you learn the most from those and I, and I think they're, they're, they might not feel at the time that you're learning much but, you know, based on my personal experience, gee whiz, you'd be lost without them. Mm. You know, looking back retrospectively, it's amazing what you can learn from those. So regret nothing. Um, number two would be that it's obviously your own life so, so own it. You know, make sure that um, you hold yourself accountable to get things done. You know, you've got no one else to blame but yourself. Yeah. Um, particularly as obviously you, you get near adulthood, it's it really is quite important that um, you identify what you need in life and, and make sure it happens and, and get on with it. Um, the other one, number three, so so be yourself. So mm-hmm. um, and try and know who you are, and that can be quite a hard thing. I found mine quite early. I understand, and I. Have you know, people in my life that are still looking for who they are and, and what they are. Uh, and for me, I think it was about identifying things that were me and that I did like and I would hold on to and grow and strengthen right through to those things that, you know, what I, I needed to, to, to change, that, you know, when lack of assertiveness or um, letting go of, of certain events, those sorts of things. So um, find yourself, be okay with it or change it. Um, and then number four, that dig deep and lean in. So, you know, when time gets really hard, when things are, are quite difficult, um, for me, keep that balance in your life. So it was keeping my mind, my, my body, um, you know, everything busy. Uh, and, and, and it's an odd thing and you'd appreciate it with your running. But if you just lean in like even half a centimetre, it gets so much easier to run. Mm. Or as soon as you sort of lay back and, and sort of, 
you know, fall back into your, your stride, um, you, it's really hard to run. So try that. So if you listeners, just go yeah. for a walk and just go for a little bit of a run and if you just lean in just quite slightly, it makes a world of difference. Really? So, yeah, so just sort of keep that analogy in your mind when you're going through a problem, mm. just lean into it a little bit more and, yep. yeah, it just seems to you get through it a little bit easier. I think going back to your point too of how far you can actually push yourself, yeah. I think if you talk That's about right. the run – yeah. running yeah it's a great an, analogy a, a, and yeah from an example point of view um you, you can do so much more and, and, and yeah. but you might not be able to do it to your best of your ability in that first instance but yes. the more and more you do it yes. the more and more you wake up and you put your shoes on yeah. the you, first thing you do is put your shoes on and get out there that's for right. a run that's it right. becomes easier it becomes correct. habit correct so use that in life and whatever it is or problem or challenge that you're going through and yes yeah, you know that you you get to that point of yeah finished and the confidence and the the endorphins and the the thing that you you did it you know, yeah, and you know, and you almost crave it. You. In yeah, hundred percent, you do, and then you just keep looking for it. And yeah, that's what I keep doing, <laughs> one yeah. way or the other. Yes. So we've gone well past the hour mark now. Um, we love to sort of finish off with some few quick fire questions, oh, yes. although yes. they never go quick fire. Oh, really? Quick fire. <laughs> just maybe just ask. I'm going to ask you some questions. Yeah, of now. course. Yes. Some random questions, but yep. we are big readers here mm-hmm. at uh, yep. GIQ. Yes. Uh, I know that you dabble yep. in that well as well. Yes. What are you reading? Right so now? I've got a couple of books on my on the desk next to bed, So and that's probably where I find that I, I like to read is in bed because it's nice and cosy and yep. it's just safe. I it's don't know. Good, I like, yeah, it's, it's a nice spot off. just to, to cush out. So I've got a couple of books. I've got a, a um, Harvard, Harvard Business Review book on strategy, which is, again, just a stock standard oh, thing that you refer to. So I've I think everyone's got one of those. three books the other day, yeah. I've so. got a book which I've just started reading i've had it for a while but i haven't i haven't picked it up for a little bit it's called quiet and it's about introverts yeah. um Susan so, which is, yep which is yeah. a great sort of read and and just sort of yeah it makes you think of things a little bit differently um i've got um an art of war book in there somewhere i think that's <laughs> at the bottom of the pile so um sun Tzu's obviously yeah. um art of war which again i always find quite interesting and i always pick up something different it's one of those books that you just go back and i don't know have a flick yeah and you can get different translations for yeah. it as well which give you different yes yeah so i think i've got like four different versions like yeah. a woman's perspective yeah. and yes yeah. you know your easy guide to it those sorts of things yeah um and then yeah i have a math i'm a big fan of matthew riley who's oh, sci-fi yeah. action a, yeah, so yeah. yeah so i think he's i think i've got his latest one sitting on my um bookshelf there too, how do you so. how do you read do you read based oh, on mood and need yeah and, and just bits and grabs yeah. and i'm a bit like you if i'm a yeah. bit restless or just want to escape or just um or or i need to reflect on something for something i'm working on um yeah that's generally what i find i'm reading or if i'm on holidays that's when i tend to read you know start uh, to finish uh, yeah, or something. yeah yeah if, if um yeah if i feel inclined to escape into something different yeah. yeah that's where the matthew riley stuff comes yeah in. that's it yeah. it's good fun good it's a good read i like his books. He, write, he writes a lot i'm a big indiana jones fan so he writes I a lot indiana of indiana jones yes. so he writes yes. a lot of that type of yes yeah those type of books yeah yep. so um very good i'll have to get into there that you go. yeah it's no, a, a good read if you were to recommend a, a development book to someone, whether it be the apprentice oh, or traineeship, wow. something that they could that they could read and really kickstart their career, what? Oh what wow, there's been so many. I'm I'm just trying to think of those that are yeah all lined up in the bookshelf. I think I've got a and, I, and the name escapes me, but I think anything about that 
um, mindfulness and, and self-talk. I think particularly for young people. It's a Carol Dweck's mindset. Yeah, is that yeah that no, one? it's um, it's got it's a it's a massive book and it's about mindfulness and it's got this big massive tree on it and it's quite a hefty book, but it's more like a reference book with um, like quotes and then a breakdown of what that means for you. Okay. Um, so it's one of those books that again for youth they can just reference yeah, about you know yeah, I'm yeah. talking about you know um, self-talk right now, so you can go to that section and read something that's a little bit inspirational. Um, yeah, that I think. They're easier to read and digest, mm. I think. So, but again, apologies, the name escapes me. I'll, no, I'll, it's all right. We'll I'll get the name off you and put it in the show. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I found that, and I've had that in my bookshelf for years. Um, and every now and then, I still go back to it. It's just, it's just, yeah. Is it like a great. picture book? Or no, is it, no, 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 just no, no, it's just all the, words, just a massive just book, the, tree on it, and it, yeah, it's just about mindfulness. And okay. just, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. interested in that. Yeah. Do you audio book as well or do you just read? I podcast when I'm hiking. Yeah, yeah that's okay. probably when I like to tune into something. What podcast do you listen to? Oh, political ones. So, oh, yeah. So, yeah, I know. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's something that I'm into at the moment. So, yeah, no, nothing exciting. And, of course, yours. So, oh, yeah, there you go. Without doubt. <laughs> so, yeah. Selfish plug. <laughs> um, is there anyone that you admire or look up, look up to? Um, personally, business or is it? Could be anyone. Could be an actor. Could be an activist. Could be a... Socialist, it could be whoever, someone oh, that you look at. God, that's a good question. You know what? And again, I'm a big, I'm a big one for, you know, here today and, and what I'm feeling most recently. So no one really comes to my mind currently of, of who's inspiring or driving or who has my, my attention or my focus right now. Um, that's fine. Yeah, no, I don't know yeah. if I can actually land on. You quoted Maya Angelou in oh, some there you of your go. stuff. Yes, yeah, but again, not someone that I'd really, yeah, I don't know, um, identify as someone that. Oh, yep, yeah, you know, this is what Maya Angelou is, would do. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. no, it's not. If that's what that is, yeah, I, yeah. I, no, no, not no one that I can quickly reference at this point in time. No, that's <laughs> not a problem at all. Um, what's some of the best advice that you've received? Oh. That I've received, that I've had from someone. Mm. I think it's about um, when you're working through those problems and about that cognitive thinking. So that logical versus an emotive response to something. Mm. So your ability to be able to shut down irrational thoughts in yourself versus rational thoughts. So I've got really good at it now, but that's probably the best advice I've had. Um, and I probably received that probably in my early 20s, I think, when you do start to let the world run away with you a little bit and, and you, you you are finding yourself, it can be quite hard to make good decisions or feel good about certain things. So for me, I think that biggest piece of advice about the cognitive um conditioning and thinking. Um, so yeah, making and, and really challenging your thinking. So if, if you've got a fear about something, actually follow that fear through to the end. So if you're fearing that, you know, I'm not going to get the job or I'm going to get a redundancy, then try and let your mind think about, well, what does that mean? Okay, mm. so if I'm redundant, so what does that mean? Okay, well, what am I going to do? Well, I've got a little bit of money in the bank. I could I could ring Dan and see if he's got a job for me. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'll ring my spouse or, or you, you know, start to work through it and you quickly figure out that whatever you're working on, there's an answer to it or yeah. you could plan your way out of it or – you know, what if my There's partner breaks up with me or what if, you know, Harry falls off his bike and has an accident? Well, yeah, we'll work through that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think the best bit of advice I had was just to allow yourself to just, I don't to, know. To just, play out the situation. Yeah, just pick it out a little bit and just see where it, where it lands you and you quickly understand that it's well, not insurmountable. Well, that's right. I mean, fear is the 
being scared of something that hasn't happened yet. Correct, yeah. Right, so. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it's amazing how many people, though, just that just stops them in their tracks. It just stops them in their tracks. That's absolutely. right, that's right. And, and again, you, you're doing yourself a disservice by because all the opportunities that could come from that event if you've yeah. just taken that step. Yeah, I don't know. It's worth the risk, I think. Yeah, mm. I agree. I, it's, I take the same approach. I, I literally play it down. I think that's part of reading the play. You yes. know, we talked about that yeah, earlier yeah. where if you can almost uh, create scenarios and yes. be comfortable with Correct. the potential that's of right. those scenarios, yeah, then it makes okay. it a lot easier when it does happen. Definitely, 100%. Right. You, can, you know, you know you, you've, you've gone through this process. So, okay, not a rude shock or surprise. Yeah, I'm, I'm equipped for it. Yeah, it's that's planning exactly right. and strategies, isn't it? There you that's go. What you do as a CEO. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> if you had access to a time machine so and you had a, a, one, a return trip. Yes. So I could go back and come back. You, yeah. you could go back and come back, yeah. but either forward or back, where yeah. would you go? Or beyond my lifetime? Or? You could do wherever. You have a time machine. So you, the world is your oh, oyster. Oh, wow. Who would I, and again, I, I think that would go back to, to meeting someone at a point in time. And I, I wouldn't be able to tell you who because I think it's a too big a decision to make like here <laughs> no, and now. No, you have to make but it. But I think, oh, God, <laughs> it, would, it would, I don't know, someone who would just love to have a conversation with, I think. Um William Shakespeare. Yeah, no, not not Shakespeare. <laughs> He'd be too hard to understand. Yeah, I think. He'd be too too beyond me. <laughs> but Did maybe we... someone like totally out there, like um, Einstein, or someone like yeah. that, that was really introverted and just so left a field and just it's amazingly creative. Um, probably someone like that. That again, you, you just don't meet those people like that yeah. these days. Have you read Einstein's? Um... Biography no. by Walter Isaacson. No. Apparently, it wasn't been, the nicest girl. But, yeah. that, uh, but, the, but that's the thing, though. That like, is the thing. It like, is. And again, what could we learn from that for today? Because uh, again, absolute genius at what he did. But yeah. it, he, but he was, yeah, he probably wasn't a nice human being. He, he did have his flaws. He, yeah. Well, I, I absolutely idolize the guy, but it's more about everyone has their own strengths, right? Yeah. If his strength yeah. is uh, to. You know, although he, it is something later in life that he did regret was yes. build the atom bomb or design. It's it's That's it. no one else has yes. that ability. So yes. he's something. But how did he? It's agonist yeah. and antagonist, yes. isn't it? Or something's got to get. Yeah, I oh, know. Just be really curious. So it'd be someone like that, I think. Someone Not curious that, about the future. No, no, I don't think so. No. 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 That's where anxiety lives in the future. Yeah, and no, I don't think I'd have any dire need to, <laughs> no. to wish not wish my life away or to, to, to see in advance, but I don't know, wouldn't that then cloud the possibilities of what you are today? Cause you, oh, it could be, yeah. So, yeah, so I don't know. I'd probably be more interested to, to, to look back and, and see, I don't know, what learnings you can take from where we've been. Um, I don't mm. know. I wouldn't want to ruin the surprise, I guess, what's mm. coming. <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's a really interesting question. I know. I'd have to think about that now. That's going to perplex me. That'll keep me up at night. I think you will. I'll text you tonight. Yeah. So there you go. Do it. <laughs> Done. I love it. If you if you gave one superhero power, what would it be? If I could have a super oh, fly, I'd, I'd love fly? to fly. Yep, 100%. Yeah. It's a skydive for a while and, yeah, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. So, yep. Is that just because you want to get places quicker or you just like being in the sky? I like the freedom and, and, okay. and it's a beautiful feeling. It really is. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm too scared. Oh, really? No, you've got to see that. That's, so you've got to harness that. No. You've got to say, come on no. now. Why, you know why, why, why are you afraid? Why, why, why are you afraid? No, so I'm let's scared, work this out. I'm scared of, I'm scared of skydiving because yeah. I, I feel like I'm too heavy. No, oh, God. No. It works better for you. I was no. too light. So oh, really? Yeah, you don't fall properly when you're too light. You've got to no, – I have to wear weights. So I could fall properly. Really? Yes. I, you don't my fall flat my, to my the wife air. inquired about buying it for me, and I said, oh, if you, you ever, you well, no, but I'm too heavy. I'm literally over the weight limit. So oh, I, I okay. So a, little, a tandem. I yeah. Got, yeah. I 
I gave a little fist pump. I was happy with that. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't want to be up. Why put yourself in a situation where you can die, right? I don't, uh, <laughs> doesn't make yeah, sense to no, me. No, you're not going to die. You can follow it through. You'll be fine. <laughs> no, um, no, not for me. Oh, anyway, one day. We'll move on. One day. One day. One, one day. One day. We'll yeah, see. That's it. There you go. Jumping out of a plane seems stupid. Like No, not the planes that you jump out of. They're not the uh, best planes, so <laughs> <laughs> you're quick to get out of there. It's like, oh, God, I'm safe now. Thank God. So, yeah, those Cessnas aren't easy. Actually, I saw a video clip the other day. Some yeah. guy jumped out of – he was the first person to jump out and not have a parachute, And he, but they had a, a net set up. Oh, God. Yeah, no, no, yeah. See, that's a bit yeah. of a stretch. I'm not um, sure about that. There's, there's people <laughs> yeah. thrill No, no, I like to have redundancy. So, no, I like, yeah. I like um, calculated risk, not – yeah. Not, not based on a net. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. No. Fair point. <laughs> That's a bit of a stretch. And last question, yeah. what's your best mum joke? My best mum joke? Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know if I have a mum joke. No. Gee whiz. Often known as dad jokes. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no I, like, I like the, oh, no, I don't know. So you've <laughs> never told a stupid joke in your life? I'm a really bad joke teller. That's I, the I whole just, point. Isn't yeah, it? no, but no, but bad, like I start the punchline and then, oh, you know, okay. the, the, the delivery yeah. is flawed. So, no, and I probably, yeah, I mean, I'm sure my kids and I have joked around, but no, nothing comes no. to my mind about, yeah, no, oh, there's, no there's no standard I always try mum to... joke that I default to no. at all. What's okay. yours? Oh, have you been I, asked before? Me, yeah. personally, I have. I have a thousand of them. Oh, come but, on, tell me one. Come on, you should end your podcast with at least one. If I haven't got one, you should. Right. You should have one. Well, if you so if you um, yeah. if you drive past a cemetery, yes. Right. Oh God. Point yeah. out to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you, yeah. Even though no one's ever asked me this, before, if you drive past the cemetery, yes. right, yes. and you just point to you, tell your kids, yep. like, point to your kids, yep. and go, look, so, hey kids, that's yeah. the dead center of this suburb. Right? <laughs> oh my God. Really? <laughs> it's horrible. Oh, but that's see, the point. Isn't yeah, it? <laughs> that's it. There you go. See, if your if your guest doesn't have one, then, then yeah, that's then a, it's going to be a real gap I'll that add, he has to. Yeah. I'll add the bit. Yeah, I've got go. thousands of them. I think it was yesterday morning. I sat there and told just randomly about 20 off the cuff. Oh, you did yeah. not? Yeah. Oh, my what, kids how, look at me. How does that stay in there? So that sort of stuff just doesn't – it just like floats in over the top. Oh, I'm stupid. So uh, I think no, <laughs> no, I just, I just don't retain I like, it. I it's like, like stupid psh- things. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's Beautiful. Brilliant. Thank you very much for your time, Stan. Rebecca, today. It's been an amazing chat. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for my being pleasure. brave enough no, uh, to pleasure. share that. It, it is a really – a really amazing story, lots of experiences uh, gone through and learnings for people to, to pick up from from you. How do we uh, – and are, are we able to get in touch with you? How do we get in touch with you? Yeah, of course. Um, you could probably reach out obviously via yourselves. Um, uh, LinkedIn, I'm on yep. LinkedIn quite actively or Civil Contractors Federation, uh, you can get me as well. Yep. So, yeah, I'm happy to provide my contact details through yourself if anyone wants Go, to reach we'll, out. We'll, uh, we'll put – all your details in the yeah. in the notes, and if anyone Great. wants, I'm happy to share the message. You know, particularly I uh, do a lot of um, discussions with schools and and um, businesses. So, yeah, wherever you think the message might resonate, I'm more than happy to jump in. Beautiful. Thanks, Thanks again for your time. Much Thank appreciated. You. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you once again for joining us here at Creating Synergy. It's been great spending this time with you. Please jump on to the Synergy IQ Facebook and LinkedIn page, where the discussion continues after the show. Join our mailing list so you'll know what's happening next at synergyiq.com.au. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And if you really enjoyed it, please share it with your friends.